your Flame and Ferret Tipsy Ask Meme. Hi, Flame. Hi, Ferret. Hi, fandom. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> ask and ye guys shall receive. This is a, another Drunk Flaret episode, like we were heavily requested to do on multiple occasions. But as you listen to this, and as it's recording, it is the middle of November, and we recorded this at the end of September. So there's going to be a little bit of time stuff that might confuse you, but hopefully that will be kind of ruffled over by the fun you will be having listening to the two of us being (laughs) ridiculous. Some of the questions we asked are from you guys, and if you want to send us more questions, you are always welcome to. You can DM flame questions for me and vice versa uh you can also send things for both of us to any of our social medias because since you guys seem to like this there's a chance we're gonna do it again plus we really like getting wasted together so (laughs) really everybody wins (laughs) everybody wins so send us more questions but for now you can listen to what we got up to last time we uh knocked back a few and had a little chat enjoy I just love a cat. And I love a cat and I love Bucky I love and I'm Bucky. done. And they gave him a cat in canon, which is, why would they do that? It's too good. He's just so good. I'm so full of butter chicken right now. What recipe did you use? Did you end up using, oh, you couldn't use Mr. Ashes because he didn't like have one, right? Mm. He did a slow cooker one. I don't have enough foreness of thought to do slow cooker food very often. Slow cooker doesn't seem like a ferret brand. It's not a ferret brand. There are some things I like in the slow cooker, but it's rare. It happens. My day, I don't realize the day is happening until like 4 p.m. So anything that needs to cook for eight hours is too late. Mr. F came down the other day and he was like, how long do you think you could hide it from your family if I died? And I was like, I don't know, like probably at least six months. Like, I feel like my mom's gone that long without seeing him. And I was like, you mean like if I killed you? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I couldn't hide it. And it would be harder for me to hide it from his dad. Then I was like, but I could take his phone and his computer and like text his dad. and And if his dad asked to come over, just be like, oh, it's not a good time. And I could probably keep people thinking he was alive for a fair amount of time. Ashley would figure out I was dead pretty fast. Ashley would figure out you were dead real quick. Like half an hour, maybe? <laughs> maybe. I, th- I think I would figure out within a day. Because I get a little antsy sometimes if I don't hear from you in a day. Yeah. But yeah, and like Mr. F couldn't pretend to me. Pretend to be me in like on Discord. He wouldn't be convincing. No, he would not. He would not be. He would not be convincing at all. I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't pretend to do his job. Oh, fair. Yeah, I couldn't pretend to do Mr. Flame's job either. Absolutely not. No. It's my favorite thing to say now, though. My brother and I own a company. He doesn't have a college degree, and I failed chemistry, and we <laughs> own a chemical manufacturing company. <laughs> Dreams can come true, people. <laughs> if only if your dream is to own a chemist chemical company, though. Oh, that's true. It's not my dream to own a chemical company. It's my dream to own a company where I can employ people 
who can't get employed other places. That's my dream. You did it. And we do that. I don't give a shit what we make. Oh, you make, oh, I can't say that on air. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to get excited about one of the things you make, but. No. Just everybody, you should know that it's some cool stuff that you'd like. It's true. I will. The one thing I can say on air that we make is the yellow for Kraft macaroni and cheese. That's what I was going to say. I didn't know if I could say that. That one you can say because it's really real because there's a lot of people that make it. Oh, okay. You're not the only ones that make that. I like that. The yellow for Kraft mac and cheese. Up here, it's called Kraft Dinner. The more you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, it doesn't even say macaroni and cheese on the box, I don't think. It just says Kraft Dinner. Well, now it says KD, but it stands for Kraft Dinner. Interesting. Is it still a blue box? Yeah. The box looks almost identical. Oh, the box has to be blue. Yeah. Has to be blue. Do you know what's super fucking fun to grow? Are you about to tell me potatoes? Yeah. Potatoes are so fun to grow because you just cut up a potato and you stick it in the ground like you don't even care. And then it makes potatoes underground on the roots. So when you dig them up, you just like stick a fork in the dirt and you just start going and you just turn the dirt up and it's just like, oh, there was food hiding in there. It's ridiculous. That's weird. We have terrible, we have terrible soil though. We have clay soil. Yeah, you're fucked. I'm totally fucked. I hate my backyard. You could build a um, raised bed. Of gardening and get topsoil. A what? A raised bed. Okay, so we're thinking about that. I'm gonna take pictures of my backyard and send them to you, and you're gonna mm-hmm. help me figure out what the fuck to do with my backyard. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. we live in a homeowners association, so I have a very limited amount of space to play with. But you're allowed to. Um, I'm allowed to do anything within my fence. Okay. But like, it's nothing like your jungle. But yeah. speaking of, of um, gardens, I really think we need to talk about your zucchini. Yeah. <laughs> can, can Somehow the garden gave birth to a zucchini the size of an infant this year. <laughs> Literally, it was too heavy for my six-year-old niece to carry. Oh my God. So is it gone now? Yeah, so my niece came over and I needed to entertain her because I don't babysit very often and I wasn't expecting her to just, I heard that bottle opening, you lush. <laughs> You're like, hey, hey, Farrah, tell a story about zucchini. Tell a story about zucchini. I'm going to pour more whiskey. <laughs> um, I felt myself sobering up. That can't happen. God, you just like, we'll just hook you up with an IV or worse than Steve. But yeah, my niece came over and I needed to entertain her. And I'm not a, I'm a, I'm an, I'm, I used to be very, I used to be a nanny, but I don't babysit much anymore. And my house is 100% not entertaining for children at this point. And did you also, did you have the foster kittens at the same time? No, no, they were gone. This was, this oh, was okay. long ago. I, there was another okay. child in my house with the foster kittens. So I didn't know how to entertain her. <laughs> And all she likes is Slime Rancher, so that's all we were talking about, and I was getting kind of sick of Slime Rancher, and I was like, do you want to, like, grate a giant zucchini? And she was like, yeah. So I have, like, the vegetable grater attachment for my KitchenAid. Oh, nice. And so I just put the grinder on it, and I cut up this enormous zucchini, and then I just fed it in, and she pushed the little, like, lever down that pushes it through the grinder, and we shredded... I think it came out to 16 cups of zucchini from one zucchini. 
But that even like hadn't you already was that the big one like the whole big that one? was the big 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 the biggest one that we got oh this my year. God. But you like you and Mr. Ferret essentially lived on zucchini for the summer. Yeah, I, we were. I was just laughing with my mom the other day that he was like, I told him the zucchini plants had died because their season's pretty much over, and he was so relieved. And I was like, Yeah, we've we've had zucchini in literally everything. I've just been sneaking it into everything all summer. And it was oh, like, God. you thought this was pasta? Trick question, it's zucchini. And like, hot chocolate? Nope, you get zucchini. Oh, God, I just, like, broke <laughs> in my mouth. That's the most disgusting thought I've heard. I've had in a hot minute. Everything was zucchini, because I planted 28 zucchini plants. And I don't have any friends. All my local friends have wisened up, and they don't let me bring zucchini to their house anymore. Oh, fair. You just gotta just start doing stealth zucchini drops. Yeah, Mr. F made a new friend who wasn't aware, and I was like, oh, do you like zucchini? Like, the second he came to the house, I was like, do you like zucchini? He was like, yeah. And I just, like, handed him eight zucchinis. A few years ago, I grew pumpkins, which was really fun. And at Halloween, I just picked them all, and I put them in my front yard with a sign that said, free pumpkins, and everybody took the pumpkins. Okay, you have to tell the story of how you got engaged to Zachary Levi. How I got engaged to Zachary Levi. Okay, so I spent six weeks in India, backpacking through India, when I was single and in the grad school before Mr. Flame. And we went to this temple in the middle of Mamalapuram that was like essentially a fertility temple. And nobody told me. And I was one of, I'm counting, three single girls on the trip. All the other women were married. And both of the other girls were like in serious flirtations. And I was too. I just didn't realize it. But that's a separate category. Um, I'm really bad at dating. (laughs) Um, so I'm like in my, this is, I'm in my like, like 27 ish and I'm still really shit at boys. I don't really understand them. Um, so I'm in India and we're like going through this temple and we get to the, to the bit where a priest is going to bless me. And if like, he's going to essentially bless me and my husband for our fertility. Okay. And I have to give him a name because nobody told me to like dodge the priest and I didn't want to be rude because like, I don't want to be rude. I'm in this man's temple. So at the time I had a, like, I was binging Chuck. So I said, Zach Levi. So I said, my husband's name is Zachary Levi. So he gives me this blessing. It is a long thing. I get a whole thing on my forehead. He like pours an oil over my, my head, the whole nine. And evidently the other two girls who were single, like just made up names. I'm the only one who like gave an actual human's name. Uh huh. And so it became like this running joke the rest of the trip that I was going to get married to Zach Levi and have his children. And so it just, I mean, again, just became a running joke. And to the point where like one Mr. At our wedding, when Mr. Flame met like a bunch of my friends from grad school, they all told him, you know, she's only with you until she meets Zach Levi. <laughs> and Mr. Flame in stride was like, if Zach Levi wants my wife, he can have her. Um, 
as long as he gives her back. And then we had a whole very adorable fight about how I am not property and I got very feminist and it was, it's on video somewhere. But anyway, so like that was funny and that was fine. And then fast forward to 2016, Zach Levi's on Broadway. So you're doing, he's doing She Loves Me at Roundabout Theater. And my mother and I go up because my mother has also a, my mother is a saint among women and I adore her. And she's one of my favorite people on the planet. I adore her too. Um, and we love Broadway together. Like we love theater. So everything that's not, my mother is just a little bit like fifties conservative. And so like a whole lot of raunchy sex bothers her. So I have to edit some of her Broadway these days, but like anything that she would love, we go to. So I took her to South Pacific. I'm taking her to Music Man next year if the world goes back to before I time. I love Music Man. Oh, I might have an extra ticket to Hugh Jackman doing Music Man. Oh, shit. I'll let you know. So um, anyway, so we go up to see Zach Levi and we decided to do Stage Door because we had just had a really kind of traumatic family experience. And this was me and mom's like first time together alone after that traumatic experience. So we're like, let's stretch the day. Like, let's do stage door. Why not? So we got out. I was happened to be one of the first people. And my mother is not like a daring person, but she essentially looked at me and said, I will, I, I bet you $10, you will not tell him that the two of you are engaged. <laughs> and I was like, I see your $10 and I will tell him. And $10, $10, man. $10. It's a major thing. So my mother at this point is, is, is still new to text messaging, but she pulls out her phone, texts my husband and says, we're about to meet Zach Levi. And my husband says, oh, it was really good being your son-in-law. I hope <laughs> you enjoy my replacement. So it was this whole thing. So Zach comes out. He is the best stage door person I think I've ever encountered. He sets up like a boom box on a chair. So we all have musical entertainment as he like goes down the line and takes selfies. He's chit-chatting with everyone. He's like, every time someone's like, I really love this. He's like, guys, she thinks I'm cool. Like he was so great. Just really, really warm and lovely. So he gets to me and I was like, so I know this is really awkward, but at a temple in India in 2010, we got engaged and you weren't there. And I'm really sorry, but I just, I felt like you should know. And without even a beat, he goes, fantastic been looking for a wife if you've been to india i'm assuming you're smart how much is your dowry <laughs> like without a beat and then my mother hero of the moment goes we're only going to take about five herds of goats for her zach without missing a beat turns to his friend who happened to be retta from parks and rec <laughs> and says i'm gonna need five herds of goats because i found my wife <laughs> And without missing a beat, Retta pulls out and her phone goes, I have a guy. <laughs> so we both just like, we both held it for a couple minutes and then we started howling and he was like, this is my favorite stage door I've ever had. And then he noticed my engagement ring, my wedding ring. He goes, I'm assuming you've cheated on me with somebody else. And I said, I did. I just didn't know how to get a hold of you. Um, he's like, that's okay. And so then he's like, why don't you call your, why don't you call my replacement and I'll talk to him. And so we call and he ends up talking to Mr. Flame and it's just like, listen, like, I'm really, really sorry. I didn't claim her in time. Like, blah, blah, blah. By the way, this whole time he's never asked my name. <laughs> we have never established my name. Just that we're engaged in India. It is so funny. And a bunch of people were filming it. I'm still shocked it didn't show up on YouTube because it was like a whole shtick. 
Um, but he was really, really lovely. And uh, he asked for my email address afterwards, just so like, you know, he could kind of, I think I would assume verify the story because it was a pretty good one. Um, and he ended up, he asked who we worked with in India and he was going to make a donation. Oh, nice. Um, so that was really nice. He wanted to make a donation to the temple where we got engaged and I told him I could not remember the name of it. Oh no. So I just, I, w I went with another organization that we worked with while we were there. But yeah, so I got engaged to Zach Levi in a temple in India. So now that we're on questions. You're good. Well, you've probably tricked me and we've been on questions this whole time. No, actually I didn't. I didn't this time. I was trying to be honest. I was real tricksy last time. I was really tricksy last time, but I didn't know that I was even being tricksy. I thought I was just being a good co-host. So this time I'm just trying to be nice. Okay. So the is from an Anon on Tumbly. Good old Tumbly. Good old Tumbly, who asked me, what is that one fanfic, or really any story, that you absolutely loved but would never read again? Shit. Well, I can't- I don't have an answer for this one, so. I, I have an answer for this one. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. Uh, not a fanfic, because I don't retain information like that. I don't know why anyone would think I would ever remember any fanfic I've ever read, but I appreciate your faith in me. Whatever, you remember place. enough to make fun of me for my text messages. Uh, there's a book that I loved and will never read again, and that is The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh my god, me too. I fucking hate that book. Okay, well, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. No, I loved it, but like I hate it yeah. in terms of emotions. No, it's yep. just like, I don't know what the movie was like. I haven't seen it, but my impression was the movie was not as intense as the book. But the book is like, it's like you're watching a slow motion car crash the whole time and you know nobody's going to walk away and you just like have to sit there and let it happen. And it's just, yep. it's completely gutting. It's one of the most upsetting novels I have ever read in terms of just like the emotional intensity of it and I just don't think I would survive a second reading of it I was like That's 21 fair. or something when I read it and it was just it's really it's really fucking sad and you know it's gonna be sad and you can't stop yourself and you just have to you just have to take it no it's totally fair I have a couple books I feel that way about one of the ones that I would, I, I really appreciated it, loved it as strong. I appreciated it while I was reading it, but I would never read it again as We Need to Talk About Kevin by Lionel Shriver. No, oh, I haven't read that one. Oh my God. It's a, the mother of a kid who commits a mass murder at a school. Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. So similar vibe. It's a car crash. It's going to be terrible. Who, the movie is... I don't think has the same, sorry, the movie of yours, Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah. I don't think has the same emotional resonance as the book. That's my impression. They chopped it up too much. Mm. Um, but Eric Bana is super pretty. I didn't even know it was Eric Bana in it. Yeah, that's the, he's the guy. I, I'm sure I saw like half a trailer for it and was so traumatized that I had to go lie down for a while because it made me remember the book. That's totally fair. Totally fair. I liked, I mean, I didn't, I, you know, it was a well done book. Liked is so hard for something that emotional. Yeah. 
I think this I think the time traveler's wife was a rare one where I didn't just like appreciate it. I wasn't just like, oh, this is very well done, but I hate it. I like legitimately loved it and I was so upset that I loved it because if I'd hated it, I could have put it down and not experienced oh. what I had to experience, but I actually legitimately loved it. I just wanted the bad thing I knew was going to happen to not happen. <laughs> oh my God. I feel you. Yep. Yep. You sound sober again. Get drinking. I want to hear that. I'm not sober. You, you had, you had a moment. You sounded sober right there. Well, I'm trying, I'm drinking so fast. Ask me another question. Apparently you almost crashed Jenna Bush's wedding and you need to tell that story too. Oh yeah. Okay. So I went to grad school in central Texas, um, which I don't think is a secret. I've said it. I think I went to Baylor. There's 21,000 people there a year. So that's not a, a thing. So I have two master's degrees from Baylor and I was there when I started when Bush was still president. And then he has a ranch in Crawford, Texas, which he, people outside of America may or may not know. Crawford, Texas is like essentially right next to Waco. And Waco is famous for two things, Baylor and being the site of the Branch Davidian compound massacre, which mm -hmm. didn't actually occur in Waco. It occurred in China Springs. And one time I got kicked off the property because I crashed it. I, I, my friends and I drove around the Koresh compound and we got chased off by men in shot with shotguns. Oh, Jesus. And I played the really dumb Yankee and got really, I think I faked a Long Island accent to get us out of there safely. <laughs> I can do a Long Island accent if I have to. It's very convincing to people who have never been to Long Island. <laughs> Um, just like I can do a Southern accent for people who have not been to the South, they assume that it is very authentic. <laughs> um, and a Northern Ireland accent. So I can, if I really need to, so I can, um, anyway, so Jenna Bush's wedding. So it was the last year that I was living there. The drunker I get, the more Irish I sound. I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, so Jenna Bush's wedding was the last year I was living there. And we were all trying to go swimming at a watering hole that's not that far from there because Texas is Texas, don't worry. Um, and just having a bit of having a bit of fun. And because like you all know, the last semester of anything you're doing is like such a crapshoot. Like, I mean, any school, like your second semester of senior year is a shit show. Yeah. And this particular, I had already finished my thesis for this master's program. So like I was in a bunch of independent studies. So my whole thing was I had a Texas bucket list and I was going to enjoy it. And one of those things was going swim swimming in an actual legitimate watering hole because <laughs> come on. So I was driving out there and I had a, a fairly nice car, not like a luxury car, but it was clean and like, it looked decent and I was fully dressed. Like all my other friends were in bathing suits and everything, but they were in other cars and I made a wrong turn. And my friend who was, we were going to their house to change, then I'll go to the watering hole, neglected to tell me that their ranch was next to the bushes. So I was, I was the really, 
you know, stuck up person that was like, oh, my phone GPS will get me there. Fuck no, there was no phone GPS in Crawford, Texas in 2011. Are you fucking joking? So I get out there and the phone GPS like dies. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. So I turn down a lane and I'm definitely stopped by the Secret Service. And I am definitely wearing a sundress with a hat that I'm not entirely sure why they thought it passed for wedding clothing, but they definitely thought I did. And they asked me for my invitation and I, and I just blinked at them and I was like, okay, I'm going to fucking go for it. Cause why not YOLO, right? (laughs) And I was just like, you know what? I left it at home. I'm so sorry. And they were just like, oh, what's your name? So I gave my name and it turns out there was somebody with my name on the guest list. No. And I was like, oh shit. Um, and my name is not common for America. Like it's not a common name. So I was like, oh shit. And I was like, you know what? I'm really sorry. I just realized I forgot their gift. I'm going to have to turn around. <laughs> oh no, you didn't go in. <laughs> no, because I didn't. First of all, I was in flip-flops, and I wasn't going to Jenna Bush's wedding in (laughs) flip-flops. And second of all, if they ran a background check on me, they would not enjoy what they found. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just felt really bad. Plus, like, legitimately, in terms of, like, Jenna Bush's wedding versus Watering Hole, like, Watering Hole was on my bucket list, and First Daughter's wedding was not. So, like... Yeah, like, it's gonna be all stuck up in canapes. Uh, and like, I mean, I looked at all the pictures afterwards and like, I got stuck in a deli once with Condoleezza Rice. Cause like they were there all the time and Waco's the airport they flew into and it's the biggest city near the ranch. So like, you know, and I'm not super fussed by famous people just cause of some other shit that's happened in my life. So I was like, I could have gone, but again, it was the flip flop issue. It's a legitimate issue. You can't, you can't, you can't flap, flap, flap. Cause it, it's very conspicuous. <laughs> it's very conspicuous. And I'm fairly sure the person that shared my name was going to have a date. True. And I didn't have one of those. And I wasn't sure how long, I'm a real good actress, y'all. I was not sure how long I could keep up with the farce. And I just figured the story would be better. So I just turned around in my, my little Volkswagen Jetta and I drove away. Did you find the watering hole? Mm-hmm. It was good. It was amazing. And the person that organized it for us had this great picnic of like all Texas foods mm. because uh, it was like, they were adorable. I was the only one leaving of our group of that particular group of friends. I was the only one moving and I had already gotten into my PhD program. And so they knew I was leaving America and they were like, so it was like peak America. I had like funfetti cake and Dr. Pepper and it was, yeah, brisk, like proper barbecue. Like they'd cooked brisket all night for me. And mm. it was really great. Honestly, like between the two of the things, I made the right choice. Yeah. Okay. So do you want a fanfic author question or do you want a life question? <laughs> uh i'll take a life question okay then your life question is have you ever made an unfortunate drunken clothing mishap unfortunate drunken clothing mishap this comes to us from another person i did not ask this question uh I don't think I've ever 
<laughs> I love that noise. Um, I don't think I've ever stripped down while I was wasted. But have you done it while sober, not like for sex? Like, have you like gone skinny dipping or something? Not drunk. Mm. So I didn't have a clothing mishap. I'm trying to think like, there's a period. Okay, I do. (laughs) This isn't really, I don't know if this counts as a clothing mishap, but I do recall once in university, I was living in my first year, I was living in kind of like a suite style dorm room thing so we shared like an apartment basically and we wanted to do someone had seen this on the internet I'm sure we thought you could put skittles and vodka and make it go rainbow colors spoiler alert mistake yep you can't uh but we put skittles in the vodka anyway and then we ate vodka skittles and I distinctly recall wearing spongebob boxer shorts And I used to have a thing for socks. I had a lot of interesting and fancy socks. And I had thigh high, like thick, like almost rugby socks that were forest green and dark, almost black stripes. And I was wearing SpongeBob boxer shorts with these socks all the way up my legs. And I thought that was appropriate clothing to be wearing while we drank Skittle vodka. I don't know if I put that on before or after. It's all a little hazy. And our door was open. I remember people coming in and commenting on my socks. And I was like, yeah, fuck you. These are awesome socks. So looking back, I think that was a bit of a clothing mishap. But I'm not sure that's what the question was going for. I'm not entirely sure. That, that was an ashy question. I'm not sure that's what she was going for. But I'll accept the answer because fuck you. The socks are cool. Yeah, I don't think I've ever like accidentally changed clothing with people or left my clothes behind because I was drunk. But the truth is the portion of my life where I was drinking last because there's a gap in the middle where I was not drinking. The portion of my life where I was either regularly getting high or regularly getting drunk is fairly fuzzy. So I can't promise it never happened. Fair. I left my bra at someone's house. That's my craziest drunken mishap. Yeah. There was a kid at my house. There was a kid I don't really know. Once removed child, I think about six, was at my house uh, a couple months ago and found my bra down the back of the couch and was like, I found this. And I was like, awesome, thank you. And just like whipped it up the stairs. Oh, that's all vodka at the bottom, you guys. <clears throat> do you have to go get? Do you want to go get another mixer there, darling? No, it's not even done yet. But that's going to be all that I need for the rest of the night, ma'am. Noted. So, tell me about the time that you were hypothermic, because of all the things I have done in my life, that is not one of them. <laughs> um. Okay. So I have this circulatory disorder and we if we really want to freak people out we'll use a picture of it as the cover art for this episode (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay but it it makes me turn red white and blue it's very patriotic but um I think it was the first time I went to overnight camp and we 
there was this spot called Jumper's Rock where you had to boat across the little lake that the camp was on to get to this spot where you could climb the rocks and jump off the cliffs into the water. And this so is my, in Canadian. This is in Canada land, up in the up in the wildernesses of Canada. Okay. And so we boated over in our little canoes and we were jumping and stuff. And one of the big, one of the biggest triggers, and see now I've done some like, I've done some like uh, um, parasympathetic training and I don't activate the parasympathetic response very much anymore. But back then I was skinny and I was young and I had no, I hadn't figured out how to teach my body not to do that. So I was really, really reactive back then. And one of the things that sets me off the most is cold water. So swimming is like pretty dangerous, like not dangerous, dangerous. And that I could, you know, but like it would make me turn blue and feel bad. So we were swimming and it was fine, but we boated over. So we hadn't brought like stuff. We just boated over in our bathing suits. And then a thunderstorm rolled in out of nowhere and you can't canoe in a thunderstorm in case there's lightning it's really dangerous so the counselors wouldn't let us go back to camp but we didn't have any clothes and we had just been swimming and now we were sitting out in the air and it was fairly brisk so and it was going to start raining so i turned blue pretty quickly and the counselors got freaked out because i was blue and presumably you do not want one of the children in your care to turn blue Unless you're really wonky, in which case you probably don't really care. And no, I had a child turn blue in my care from frostbite and it scared the living shit out of me. So yeah. continue. I will say it's fairly dramatic. I've had people scream and say I look like I was a zombie. So when it's really bad, like I'll go totally white, but my lips will be blue and my hands will be blue and white. And like, there's just no color in my body that you can see. So they were pretty freaked out. And they were like piling all the towels that people were willing. I had like life jackets and towels on me. And I don't fully remember the next part because I was pretty cold at that point. Um, But basically like once once your circulatory system gets pain, like it's basically your circulatory system freaking out and it's trying to keep your organs warm. But once it starts this process, like it's really hard to reverse. So I was like totally out of it. And I was so cold at that point. And my understanding is that they sent, like they drove around the lake. They like called back to the camp and somebody took a van and drove around the lake and came back to pick us up. It can't have been that long, like maybe an hour, but I don't remember getting back to the cabin at all. And and then I was back at the cabin and they got me warmed up and in dry clothes, which was critical. And then I, I had like 14 towels that people had just donated to my cause, basically, like other people who weren't that cold had just wrapped me in various towels. And I remember we were like in the cabin, which had the bunk beds and I laid out, I like hung the towels from all of the bunk beds to dry them out. And then I had to get like, I had no idea who they belonged to. I had to, cause I guess it wasn't cabin. It was like, however they group people for activities. So it must not have been our cabin. And uh, I remember we got to go to dinner in our pajamas. And uh, 
I took all these towels and was basically like auctioning off towels. Like who's got the pink oh. one with Barbie on it. And like tried to get everybody's towels back to them. I recovered fully because that's how Raynaud's works. It's fine. There's never, there's extremely rarely is there long-term damage from it. it just looks bad and feels bad. But then <laughs> I wrote a letter to my parents because the next day or the next couple of days they had like a you know I don't know if you ever went to overnight camp but they make you write letters to your parents and my letter was like I was a counselor at overnight camp so yes yeah my letter was like dear mom and dad I had minor hypothermia and then just like a full pivot into another topic <laughs> and they were like wait yep, what sounds, yep <laughs> what happened Pardon? to our child <laughs> yeah what is this nonsense? Oh my God, Farron, I'm so drunk. Yay! I have not been this drunk since the hen do in February where I drank out of a penis straw. Did you keep one? Are you drinking out of one? Oh right no, now? I totally kept one. Oh, for sure. Because I was going to bring it back. I was supposed to go to her wedding in April in Ireland and I was going to um, like make an appearance at the reception in the penis straw. Amazing. Okay, I have a question for you. A simple one. What's your most favorite vacation spot? And are you in it right now? The second yes. question is me. Yes. Is you? Yeah. So my favorite place like on earth in the like planet is Northern Ireland. I can't lie. Like it is yeah. just where, yeah, it is. But my happy place is this very particular part of the Jersey Shore where my family has had a house since the 50s because my granda built it with his bare hands. Whose hands? His hands and his brother. And so we have like a weirdo kind of family little mini compound-ish. Mm -hmm. Like we've sold off bits of it over the years, but the house I am sitting in right now was literally built by my grandfather and his brother. You guys, I could hear wind chimes earlier. That's how. Like I can see the beach is. from the porch. Um, it is the only house in my life where nothing bad has ever happened. Mm. Um, we say that my granda, when he built it, built love into the wooden boards mm. and peace into it. He used to, we are a really strong family of faith. And he literally like, he told my grandma and my and my mom that he prayed every time he hit a ham like a nail wow. he just like kept a rosary going in a way we're not catholic but he like he kept up a, a liturgy going because he wanted this house to always be a place where him and his could be safe that's so nice. it's so beautiful my grandmother lived here for the last i don't know about 30 years of her life after she retired and this is when Mr. Flame, Mr. Flame and I have a very, very, very odd proposal story. He still has technically never asked me to marry him. Um, but when we kind of decided where we were going to have our public ceremony, he asked me like where anywhere in the world I wanted to have it. And my answer was this, this particular island. Um, so we got married here. Um, not in the house because it is very tiny. Um, and he is Irish and comes with a lot of people. Um, I am Danish Protestant and come with not that many people. Um, 
but no, it is my favorite vacation spot is here. My dream vacation spot, like anywhere in the world, unlimited credit card where I want to go is New Zealand. Ooh, yeah, I like to go. My sibling and family have gone to New Zealand a couple times. They have friends there. Oh, we are talking about, we'd love to also go back to Japan. We spent about a week there for Mr. Flame's 40th. That was like his big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't feel like we got enough time there. Japan was so rad. And we are sushi people. <laughs> and I am a Japanese whiskey person. Nice. Um, so like, we'd like to go back there. But no, we both really want to go to New Zealand. And I, I wanted to go there before Lord of the Rings. So keep your <laughs> Hobbit jokes to yourself. So, uh, drunk writing, success <laughs> or boo? Uh, totally a success. I, dr- I write drunk. Some of my best stuff I wrote drunk. Some of, some of my best stuff I wrote very drunk. And sometimes I edit it sober, and sometimes I do not edit it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, held stuff or, like, longer stuff? Oh, I've definitely... I don't know which hells I've written drunk, but I must have done some of them. But I wrote, uh, I have a fic called Hey You Up, which is uh, like a drunk texting fic where all the texts are legitimately me unbelievably sloshed attempting to write those texts. And I basically wrote the the thing, I think fucking Saber prompted me (laughs) that one when I was very (laughs) wasted and... I wrote the whole thing drunk and then I only edited the parts that other people, like I edited everything except the drunk texting. That's all very authentic inside the book. I also Noted. recently, my lovely friend S who was a guest on the pod not that long ago. Very true. And she is a fucking delight. She is. And she asked for me to write a fic for her when she was having a bad day. And I was already very, very drunk. And I wrote... Wait, have I written her two fix while I was drunk? It's possible. Probably. I mean, like the statistics of time, it's yeah. probably. I can't remember. I think, I think, what's it called? Do you, li- do you like me? Don't you like me? I don't know. You have a lot of fucking fix, babe. I haven't read all of them. I do. Anyway, I have a few I wrote for her when I was drunk. I think the nice. thing about drunk writing is that you don't worry about stuff. And it just kind of happens. Like I just, the more I can relax, the more the words just come out. I think sometimes I'm drunk. I don't worry about like where it's going or whatever. I just kind of write shit. And it just, you know, I think I've always felt that the word, like I'm one of those writers that where the words get beamed into me from some outer place that isn't myself. Okay. And so if I'm drunk, I'm just, I'm not getting in the way of them. They just happen. Nice. I'm, I like that philosophy. I'm 100% for drunk writing, and I'm planning to do some of it tonight because I still have a stocking to finish. <laughs> you have a cup? Do you have only one, or you still have a couple? Uh, at least one. Oh, huh. It's unclear how many I'm going to do total. Totally fair. But at least we also have some other shit going on, so. Just a little bit of shit. Uh huh. If I can get my dog drunk and it wasn't ethically unsound, you know I would do it. Oh, 100%, and I would really expect a video. Yeah, and she'd just be like, 
she's walks into shit already. So it'd be it's pretty true. great. We try to go for a walk. We just find ourselves both lying down in the middle of the road. So true. I would really love to see an alpaca drunk and I don't really know why, but I just think it would be really funny. It's because they're, they, they're, they're not that good at standing up when they're sober. Very true. So, I mean, I've seen drunk squirrels that ate fermented berries and that's pretty fucking hilarious. I have been requested to ask you for a drunken romance novel review. Oh, wow. That's really hard. Like, what have you read recently? What have I read recently? Okay. So, first of all, because I have the mic. Um, Romance novels are wonderful. If you want something that's absolutely terrible and totally sexist and just, like, the worst part of, like, ABO equivalent you want 80s shit you want joanna Lindsay. you want kathleen woodowis you want like we have that for you if you would like feminist equality much more grounded in the 21st century we have that for you too and i like 21st century stuff saber is trying to get me to write bodice ripper stony and i will if she wins me an mth but top five romance novels of all time not of all time, but of off the top of my head right now, that everyone needs to read. One, The Bollywood Affair by Sonali Dev. Two, the entire Wallflower series by Lisa Kleypas. Three, the Bridgerton series by Julia Quinn, which is about to be a Netflix series with Nicola Coughlin from Dairy Girls, which I know a lot of you watch. Sorry, I had to sip whiskey. Four, an, important, an, important, an important issue. Yep. I mean, we just cannot, we cannot neglect that. If you stop, you're going to sober up. And then I'm here by myself looking like an idiot. You don't know. You never look like an idiot, love. You just look adorable. <laughs> look at that adorable little idiot over there. Four. Okay. So let me before I get too drunk to answer this question because I'm still sipping my whiskey, which is now pretty much all whiskey and no ginger ale. So we've hit that part of the night. Um, So a drunk romance novel review. The thing I just read two days ago, a day ago, a day ago, since I'm on vacation, I'm like on book number 12 of vacation or whatever, was a book called The Tourist Attraction by Sarah Morgenthaler, I think it is. Anyway, I'll link it in the show notes because I can see the cover in my head. So this is everything I love about a romance novel. One, it's sassy as fuck. Two, the dude is a little bit of an idiot, but also, but like an idiot in a good dude way. Like he's not an idiot that he's an asshole. He's an idiot in that like most dudes are assholes. Like most dudes are idiots. Like not terrible. And it says place in Alaska. I love a romance novel that is that just like I love a fic that teaches me something about somewhere I don't know. I am a nerd. You've all met me. This isn't a surprise. I like process in my stuff. I love to learn things while getting my porn. This is really not complicated. So I've never been to Alaska. I've never lived in a super, super, super tiny small town as like a native. And this is about a guy 
who is from a tiny part of Alaska. And if I was sober, I'd remember his name because I already wrote the review. Um, Garrett? Let's go with Garrett. Garland? We're going to call him Garrett. So Garrett owns a diner. and he's In tiny super- Alaska? In tiny Alaska. and he's How does he pay in- the bills? Well, here's the deal. Oh, dear. So- some of the richy, richy, richy people built a resort in his town. Oh. Right? And so the, like, 1% like helicopter in so he built a diner called the tourist trap (laughs) it's a bit on the nose i love it and his whole thing is to be a dick so like he makes them clean up after themselves he doesn't have a menu he just cooks whatever he feels like and they all give him giant reviews on TripAdvisor because they think it's like a shtick right as somebody who has had interactions with the one percent they would absolutely do this yeah so he's all like super, super de duper jaded and fucking hates the tourists. And then our girl Zoe shows up. And Zoe is working class waitress from Indiana who happens to be a friend with a 1%, hitches a ride on her dream vacation, and shows up at his diner. And like he fucking falls head over heels. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Zoe shows up. She's the tits. But then he's an idiot. She's an idiot. There's a lot of idiocy going back and forth. There's a lot of pride happening. But then they eventually use their words and they live happily ever after. And it's one of three in a trilogy. And I can't wait to see the other bits. And just like we all love really, really trite shit and fix, I love trite shit in romance novel. I just drew all over my thumb while you were talking. With what? Oh, you weren't listening to me. That's totally normal. I was. I was drawing so that I could pay attention to you because all of my toys are loud. It's, you know, in these times, Ferret, we all need a hobby. And I think many other people have taken up embroidery. Some people have taken up crocheting or canning or other things. Saber seems to have taken up tormenting you. It's rude. And I would report her for animal abuse. You should call the SPCA. Um, but I've been trying to convince everybody that I'm keeping you in my basement, so. True. I'm just horribly abused on all sides. What is something that you have had to unlearn? Something I've had to unlearn? Ooh, I feel like that's deep, man. No, it's a really fucking heavy question that I have been thinking about a lot recently because I feel like I have spent this year unlearning things. I mean, it. I sort of, today I wrote a little Tumblr post about how I had to unlearn how not to fall asleep. Oh, that's good. I haven't read that yet, but that's a really good point. Yeah, I had trained myself by accident since I was very, 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 very young to, I mean, I just naturally had insomnia and then I reinforced that through years of doing what other people said were the right thing to do if you couldn't fall asleep. (laughs) And I had insomnia for 23 years. I basically never slept. And then I fixed it all on my own. And now I'm a very good sleeper. So you had to unlearn your body. Yeah, it was like I had to untrain my subconscious. I had to, 
I had to unlearn how to lie there not sleeping. And then I, and that was a shitty process. And then I then had to teach myself how to fall asleep as well. It's hard because it's very deep set. Like it's not a very active conscious process. Yeah. Mm, I had to, in the past couple of years, I've had to unlearn to give people whatever they want of me. And sometimes I sort of regret unlearning that because I feel like I'm not as nice a person as I used to be. But I had to hit a point where I had to like realize that sometimes keeping enough for yourself means not giving it to someone else, even if they need it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's maybe a common thing to go through when you hit a certain age. You kind of have to hit a point of realizing that sometimes selfishness is making sure there's enough of you to go around for a long time to come instead of just using all of it up in the given moment. Yeah. I think there's a difference too between niceness and kindness. Mm. And it's, it's one of the things that has gotten lost. I think in a little bit, I think you know, if someone point blank asked me if you were a nice person, I think I would say like not to the general public legitimately. But if someone asked me if you were a very kind person, I would say absolutely. Unfailing. How do you find the difference? Because niceness is sometimes about small talk and making other people feel more comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And kindness is about service and being gracious. And you are incredibly gracious. You give so much of your time, not only to fandom, but to your friends. You just don't bother with the bullshit of societal niceties. I I can't physically can't. (laughs) I lack whatever. But I think because we have confused the two, we see a lack of niceness as rudeness instead of a prioritization of kindness. Interesting. And that's like my, my mother was always very careful when we were growing up. She never ever told us to be nice to people. She always told us to be kind. And one of the things she said was that kindness was about, I mean, I was essentially raised with the Mr. Rogers philosophy of life Mm. Um, and they're both Presbyterians. So that makes sense. But the part of kindness is recognizing the innate dignity and humanity of another person. And niceness is about getting out of the moment that you're in. Mm, Interesting. And I was never raised to be nice. I've had to learn how to be nice because to me, niceness is a political act. Kindness is who I am. Yeah, I like that. I used to be uncomfortably nice because I felt like I needed to be to live my life. And then when I got my own business and I was making choices, more choices about how I ran my life and where I went and who I was with. And I stopped needing to be nice to survive. I was like, oh, I don't have to do this anymore. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. And I think some of it is, is growing up for sure. Like you said, there's a lot of like, I mean, God, then once you hit 30, the level of you have to give is just yeah. halved. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, so there is a reality in that for sure. There's a developmental switch we hit when we hit about 28 to 32 that lets us really grasp a longevity of our lifespan that we can't really grasp before then, which is part of why we don't give any more fucks. But I think I, I mean, some of, if, if people sometimes, if, if no one has, let me say this, but if anyone ever comments on like the differences between the two of us, which no one has besides our physical voices that everyone always thinks they would be switched. (laughs) I still don't get that. One of the things I would say is that I'm a more political being than you are. Oh, for sure. I'm hardly political. I work a room differently. Like I do all of that. And that's, we are both business owners in different realms. And I have to be a more political entity simply because of who I am. Yeah. Um, but there are times I am nice. And I absolutely 100% know that those of you who know me very well can see through it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, ah, she's being fucking nice again. And I yeah. feel like being like, you don't have to always be nice here. <laughs> But I would think but then that sometimes I'm jealous that you can be nice and I can't be nice. I don't know how to do it. But we, but I think we are both fundamentally always kind. Yeah. Um, because the other thing too, is that kindness is not always nice. And let me say this kindness means speaking harsh truths. Kindness means setting boundaries. Kindness means saying no. And that is something that we are not, especially, this is a flame soapbox when I'm a half a fucking bottle of whiskey in, but as socialized women, cisgendered or not, we are programmed to be fucking nice. And we are, we are programmed often to be nice girls. Well, fuck that. I don't want to be nice. I want to be kind because kindness means kindness to myself as well. Yeah. And kindness to myself gets to say, fuck off. I don't have time for this because I have to live by the oxygen principle, which is that if the plane is crashing, I got to put my mask on first or I can't help anybody else. Yeah, that's the thing. And also if somebody sucks all the oxygen out of you, you can't even give a little bit to five other people because that's all one person needs all your oxygen. That's not fair. No, I am not the goddamn giving tree. And I was for most of my twenties. Yeah, me too. And I nearly died. And now professionally, I have a lot of people I got to be nice to. And it is so damn draining. But my kindness never drains me. If that and that's how I know it's authentic. Kindness is invigorating. Niceness is exhausting. Drunk keyboard smashing? Is it an art form? Keyboard smashing is a language I cannot speak. I can, I can, I'm fluent. I can read it. I like I'm fluently reading it. What's the word? I can read it fluently. I cannot do it. I've never key smashed in my life. Maybe twice. I don't, I don't, it's not, it's not an instinct for me. I'll use an emoji. Key smashing. I don't understand. So when I'm drunk, I'm legitimately trying to type words. And I understand that it may not look like that at all times because my fingers don't care where they land. They're trying, but they don't care that hard. So it's chaos. And I respect that. But certain people like Fan and Ashy can understand that I am trying to form actual words. It's not random letters. Key smashing, I can't do. Oh my God, Flame, I just looked up sex questions to ask to see if we could end on a porny note. And this is one of the questions from the list I found. Just take a moment, prepare yourself for this. This is a, qu- this is a, f- a thing that's like, 
Do you have any fantasies? Do you love quickies? What's your perfect woman? And then this question just comes and slaps you in the face. How would you react if the doctor told me I had a deadly disease? Would you still love me? <laughs> That's one of the questions. My jaw is dropped. <laughs> These are just supposed to be silly sex questions. What the fuck, man? That's a fucking downer. Have you ever slapped anybody? Have I ever slapped no one? I physically slapped one person. Lady, you're a dude. It was a dude. It was in grade five, and he was cheating off my project. His name was Dylan. Yep, good call. It was satisfying, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, sorry, I'm already sober. Yeah, I can tell. I'm a little, I'm getting sober too. You are pretty fucking sober. I've gone through the worst of it. All right, then cue the end music. <laughs>